you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. At the end of the day, will people stand up and vouch for you? Will they put their reputation on the line? to get you money, to get you a contract or a pilot at a large company, to get you a partnership and stuff like that. And one of the ways you can measure it is how fast the decisions actually kind of play out. Non-diverse founders will get will get funded with a, with something on a paper napkin, but you'll take the same exact concepts, take the exact same exact concept with something much further along and diverse founders can't get it. And so that, to me, that speaks to a lack of trust, which is a, a much larger issue to, to tackle. I'm Will Lucas, and this is Black Tech Green Money. I'm going to introduce you to some of the biggest names, some of the brightest minds, and brilliant ideas. If you're black in building or simply using tech to secure your bag, this podcast is for you. Jewelberg Solomon is the head of Google for Startups in the U.S. and works to level the playing field for underrepresented startup founders and communities. Joey Womack started and runs Goody Nation, built to eliminate the relationship gap that stands in the way of success for too many promising entrepreneurs, particularly black and women entrepreneurs. Jewel is spearheading Google's Black Founders Fund, a $5 million investment into black entrepreneurs across the U.S., and Joey is a recipient of some of that non-dilutive capital to grow his enterprise. So I want to start this off with a question for you, Jewel. So you've had this amazing career, you know, having started a startup and sold it to Amazon and then you go on to run Google for startups um, as, a, as a, a few years ago. I want to say two years maybe now? Has it been two yeah, years? almost two years. This is wild. Yes. <laughs> so how do you, like, how do you reconcile, you know, in, in your brain going from starting something, this, this idea that you had with your partners to build this wonderful technology to then using a lot of those bruises and war wounds that you had to go help other startups and other black founders be able to build their things like how do you 
think about that in your mind, like with whatever your mission was with your career? Yeah, the bruises were motivation. I, I didn't want other people to have to have the same knocks that I had in my journey. And so it was pretty clear to me what I needed to do next. I saw that there were big problems, the problems that I experienced when I was growing and building my company that I needed to go and solve. And so being the entrepreneur that I am, I needed to go and attack those problems. And I saw um, taking on the role as head of Google for Startups as a great platform and a great way to attack the problem head on and have the power and the might of Google behind me. Um, and so I've been fortunate for the timing to be sitting in the seat that I'm in as head of Google for Startups at this particular time where entrepreneurs, um, particularly black entrepreneurs, you know, have really needed the support. And so it's it's been a big blessing to be in the seat that I'm in and be able to create things like the Black Founders Fund um, to support our entrepreneurs and make sure that they can not just make it through the pandemic, but actually thrive um, and, and come out even stronger on the other side. Yeah, I definitely want to talk about, you know, the opportunity we have to come out better than we did going into the pandemic. Um, and we're going to certainly talk about the Google for Startups, the, the the funds that, you know, Google has committed to this initiative as well. But I'm interested before we, we go there, you know, and I asked this question of another a recent guest on the show is we know that sexism exists in venture capital. We know that racism exists in venture capital, Jewel. Like what other things beyond racism and sexism would you um, would you say black founders particularly perhaps have, you know, against us, whether it be because we aren't getting the same level of education? Like what other things are there that keep us from raising significant amounts of money to be able to fuel our ideas? I mean, racism and sexism are pretty much the foundation to a lot of the problems that we see in the industry. But I think offshoots of that are the closed network that exists in the venture capital space. Um, and, you know, it, it's like I said, the root of it is in racism and sexism. But if you look at it, it's really like for so long, the industry has been based on who do you know and who can vouch for you. Um, and that, you know, has caused these very, very insular um, networks and it's caused you know the people that are able to raise money and the people who are writing the checks uh to to both look pretty much the same for for a pretty long time and so i think that um breaking that up and coming up with new solutions that allow more people to have access in um, and allow different types of problems to be solved i think one of the things that I'm really proud of in the work that, that we do and, and that Joey has led in particular um, is that we're really focused on entrepreneurs and founders who are solving real problems, who are looking at, you know, I think about an entrepreneur like Jasmine Crow, who driving in downtown Atlanta saw that homelessness was a huge problem and hunger was a huge problem and set out to solve that particular problem. I mean, hunger is, is, is crazy that that's still an issue where we have so much um, here in the United States, but we still have so many people that are going hungry. Um, and so, you know, looking at solving those types of problems. And so I think that's something that um, we as black founders in particular, we have even more insight into some of the, the deep societal issues and are building great technology. And that's what needs to be funded. And so that's really the motivation behind a lot of the work that I do. 
And, and Joey, it's, it's a, such a great segue, as Jewel does so eloquently often, is, is that, <laughs> you know, the relationships thing. And the relationships is why you started Goody Nation. And it was to, you know, provide ecosystem for entrepreneurs, particularly black entrepreneurs, to be able to have the relationships that help them, you know, get funded, you know, get the education they need to, you know, build the partnerships that they need for their, their ideas to their startups to thrive. You know, if you talk about what Goody Nation has been able to do, first of all, let's let's explain what Goody Nation is for this audience. So for people, people in Atlanta know and people increasingly outside of Atlanta know what Goody Nation is. But let's let's talk about what this is first before we go deeper. Yeah, so we are a uh, nonprofit, again, based in Atlanta, but with roots now nationally. Um, that's focused on closing what we call the relationship gap for diverse founders and social entrepreneurs. So we're hyper-focused on introducing them to key influencers in tech for advice, for uh, capital, for professional development, and then also for, for talent. So how do you get over... It's one thing to know people who have the keys to be able to get you what you need. But as we've seen throughout the last several years, particularly since COVID, we see a lot of diversity theater. Right. We see a lot of people who will say, you know, I'm going to be in I'm going to do a ten thousand dollar grant program to founders. And you know how far ten thousand dollars to get you jewels for some people. <laughs> right. For some people that may be OK, but it's it can be diversity theater in so many respects because it's not meaningful to a trillion dollar balance sheet. Google is doing something different though. But before we talk about that, I want to talk about the relationships and how key they are and how do we know they're meaningful relationships in, in the beginning when we have so many people who will discount our ideas before we get an, even an opportunity because so often we may not have the same amount of traction as some of our counterparts might with our startups. So how do we know, Joey, that these relationships um, are with pure intent? Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, and Jewel hinted at it, it's at the end of the day, will people stand up and vouch for you? Will they put their reputation on the line to get you money, to get you a contract or a pilot at a large company, to get you a partnership and stuff like that? And one of the ways you can measure it is how fast those relationships uh, actually, or how, how fast the decisions actually kind of play out. I think it actually speaks to uh, a, a part of your, your earlier question around racism and things like that. At the end of the day, what we see if there is a lack of trust between black founders and those that are influential in tech. And so when there is not a lot of trust and even going back to some, some of your previous podcast guests, you know, non-diverse founders will get will get funded with a, with something on the paper napkin. But you'll take the same exact concepts, take the exact same exact concept with something much further along and diverse founders can't get it. And so that, to me, that speaks to a lack of trust, which is a, a much larger issue to, to tackle. So, Jewel, why is it important for companies like Google to reach back into particularly black startup founders? And you know, is it a strategic mission to build these companies, help them grow because it's socially good? Or is it a strategic mission because Google says, you know, if we raise them up, we could potentially have valuable partners. So like, if you th if you think about why Google gets involved, what's the mission here? I mean, I think there is some kind of goodness behind it and, and we want to help the community, but there's also a clear business um, imperative. And just to say a little bit more about the team that I lead specifically, you know, Google for Startups, we didn't just show up during the pandemic. The team has been around for almost 10 years at this point. 
Um, I've been leading it for two years. And with me coming in, we have um, a focus now more in the U.S., whereas before the, the focus was primarily on emerging ecosystems outside the U.S. So that's why the name Google for Startups may be new to some people. Um, but the, the mission has been the same for the entire time, which has been around leveling the playing field, um, and particularly for diverse, underrepresented um, founders. And so with that as the mission, that has led us to the work that we're doing now and led us to say, okay, you know, we were doing a lot of um, support for organizations that support entrepreneurs and not the direct support um, working with entrepreneurs. But when I came in, we decided that we wanted to make a little bit of a shift and work directly with startup founders and understand what their problems were and how we could be supportive of them. Um, and so that is what that insight and that work that we were already doing with the founders is what situated us to be in perfect position to say, oh, wow, these founders are not getting PPP loans at the same rates as their majority counterparts. Or um, these founders are having to make really difficult decisions about what is their business going to look like in the midst of a pandemic? How are they going to pivot? How are they going to make sure that they're online? And so we were able to see that in real time and put together this, you know, Black Founders Fund as an answer to some of the problems that we were seeing that the founders were going through at, you know, last year. Um, and so the reason to do that is because, of course, you know, my thought was, well, I can't run programs if none of the companies are alive. You know, I can't. <laughs> what, what is my job going to be if, if these companies aren't here? Um, and so it was really in response to what I was seeing and saying, okay, well, we want to support, but we have to do it in a bigger, a much bigger way. Um, and that's where you get the, the Black Founders Fund. And the other piece to it was in order for us to sustain the support and not just do it as a flash in the pan, you know, one-time thing, which to your point, we have seen from companies where they made a big announcement or a big proclamation and then we haven't heard anything from them. Um, in order for us to sustain the support over time, that's where I had to bring in the troops and call Joey and say, hey, I need your help on this um, because I know that you are so good at providing this kind of community support and cultivating community among founders. And so that's why we partner together on this initiative. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot 
is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. So for Jewel, for black founders who may not be creating the next type of Google, you know, these big, massive companies. So many of us feel like, you know, because I'm not doing that, but because my, you know, market is, you know, my community, we often don't feel like a Google would be around to support us. Right. And so is it that we are not solving big enough problems at scale that enough black founders engage? Or is it that sometimes we as black founders don't really see how big our market could be if we, you know, had the support economically and support resource wise uh, to be able to tackle a bigger problem than we even knew we could uh, tackle? Yeah. I mean, one thing that I love, and I'm actually rocking the shirt today, if y'all can see. Uh, can this say is from it. one of our companies, <laughs> one of our companies that we support called Just Add Honey. Um, and they are actually a local business here in Atlanta with brick and mortar stores, um, a, a really delightful tea shop on the Beltline in Atlanta. Um, and they were one of those businesses when we first met them that, you know, would consider themselves not to be a tech company, not to be a tech startup but they were super smart about how they made a pivot um, during the pandemic to get their products out to the masses when they had to shut their door, their, their you know, local doors. Um, and so that was the spark that made us say, okay, this is a company that um, can have the scale and can have the reach across the world when you think about how they're, they're thinking about logistics, getting their, their um, tea out to everyone. And that's the type of company that we want to support. So it's not just the, you know, the high tech startup. Of course, we, we focus our attention on those, but it also is how, as a local business, are you thinking about scale? That's really the determining factor as far as whether or not Google for startups particularly can support or Goody Nation can support is how are you thinking about scale and impact on a level that's beyond your street corner. 
And not to say the businesses on the street corner aren't worthy of support. We have something for that too. Google for startups may not be the right home, but we have something called Grow with Google, where we have local uh, digital coaches that are in different communities like Atlanta, like Houston, um, like New Orleans, who are there on the ground helping those businesses figure out how do they get online? How do they market to their customers? Um, so my, my overall message for all Black-owned businesses is digital is now, and you have to figure out how are you going to leverage the technology that's in front of you to grow and scale your business, even if scale for you does not look like, you know, getting your product out worldwide, but it looks like getting your product to the people in your neighborhood. Even that means you have to take a look at what is available to you, what resources can you pull in to maximize the potential that's in front of you. Joey, I would love your comments on this because, you know, I've talked about this often. You know, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Toledo, Ohio, and it wasn't until I moved to Atlanta, you know, forever ago um, for some time that I saw black people, black men, particularly who were younger than I was, who were doing it like they were. They had the big cars, nice houses and et cetera, and they had nothing to do with music, nothing to do with sports and they weren't selling drugs. Right. But becoming from where I came from, I didn't see with my naked eye, that type of opportunity around me. And so what Jewel mentioned this early in her, one of her opening comments about, you know, the opportunity COVID provided for potentially some of us to be able to come out stronger than we went in um, with the, the company that she just mentioned, just add honey. How do we get to a place to where it doesn't take a pandemic for us to realize that there's a bigger opportunity for our businesses until we get no other choice? Mm, now, great question. And, and I want to point out like that just add honey team is is awesome. I had a pleasure to get to know Jamel over the past year and one of the best leaders I, I think I've ever seen, quite honestly. And he's and he, and, and he, he and his wife are, are an amazing example of how we can take small businesses, which actually in many cases in the tech space are looked as looked down upon as. And and you as companies. an example to right, they call us lifestyle. lifestyle yeah. I'm, I'm actually on a mission to like eradicate that that phrase. Like we've actually at Goody Nation, we've actually uh, have the term now multi-million dollar a year business because at the end of the day, to 99.9 percent of all humans on this earth, you are successful. But it's only in the scalable tech startup space where you're looked upon as a failure. And so the interesting opportunity is to take the the just add honeys of the world, those who have made it, who have been successful, who, who brought in revenue but may not necessarily understand how to scale a little bit more, whether that's whether that's the state level, national level, or regional, national, and then global. Do some education there, provide them the tools in order to do so, and then watch them grow. I think we'll actually create more black millionaires that way than in some cases taking the tech startup found because you're gonna see you're gonna see awesome tech startup founders do their thing, right? That's fine. That's fine. But I think there's a huge there's a huge opportunity, huge target market there of small business owners that we can uh, help grow. Yeah, but if, if I listen to Jewel's story, let's say I am, you know, that just add honey or I am that, you know, guy down the street who has an amazing print shop, you know, who printed the tea that she's wearing. Right. But let's say I, 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 I hear her story. I'm automatically like I'm never going to build something as big as she built to be able to sell to an Amazon. I'm just, you know, doing my couple hundred thousand dollar a year, probably a couple million dollar a year thing. What do we have to do to amplify those 
same sort of celebrity statuses that a Joey has, that a Jewel has in small, smaller enterprises that are completely viable as you, to your point, 99.9% of people, that's success. I, you know, for me, I think it's helping people understand the reframing of the problem. And I, and I love Jewel's story because it's called what I, it's something that I call obvious, non-obvious problem where, you know, have the, the lived experience through uh, either yourself, a parent, a grandparent, you also marry that experience with what you're seeing at work. Something that people see on a daily basis. For me, with with Park Pick, it's like we see that every single day we pass by a refrigerator, a washing machine, so on and so forth. But how many people thought to actually solve the problem the way she started to solve it? So it's obvious, but it's not obvious. And so for me, you're taking the person with the print shop, helping them to understand how to identify problems they're seeing on an everyday basis and turn that into a scalable tech startup idea that may be worth 50 million, $100 million a year one day. Drew, I want you to chime in on this because I, there is a thing about us feeling like because I'm not going to, it's like, you know, because I can't run 10 miles, I won't run one, one mile. You know, so if I can't build a billion dollar business, I'm not going to spend the time to go build one that could be a million dollar business. But both of yeah. them have value. And, but I want to do, I want, I want my story to be your story when my story's got to be mine. Yeah, that well, that's the thing. People have to get out of, I want my story to be your story, your story to be my story. We are all running different races and we have different experiences, but having the idea that there is value in what I'm experiencing and what I've lived is so important. And to Joey's point, I was going to reference my story too, because if I had not observed my grandfather, who was a farmer, and, you know, on one side and my other grandfather who built convenience stores and laundromats and, and regular everyday, you know, businesses, I would definitely not be in a position to understand that it was possible even for me to start something. And so even if it's not you, the person that has the barbershop on the corner or, you know, the, the print shop, even if you're not the one that, that starts the multi-million dollar scalable tech company, the person underneath you, the, the person, the apprentice or your child or whoever is looking up to you, they're seeing that it's possible and then they may be the one. So you're planting seeds um, or you're, you're planting seeds for yourself to Joey's point. If you're in a business and you've worked in it, we're, we're looking at a company right now to invest in where the company um, has been a family business for a long time and kids are looking to spin out technology from that that kind of regular, everyday brick and mortar family business. And so you, you never know who you're inspiring and who's gonna come up next. Um, and that's where we go back to talking about legacy and what we need so much in our, in our community is that we not throw away the stuff that we're good at and the stuff that we've done for generations in service of you know what we see now is popular and, and flashy on TechCrunch and all of that. We have these these fundamentals of business. We are entrepreneurial people. Um, so making sure that we maintain that and use that as experience and leverage going into some of these technology ideas. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, 
a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You know, you, you mentioned this a, a little bit ago, Joey, how you got involved. Jewel picked up the phone and said, yo, I got something. Um, you know, Google is big enough to do this on their own. Why is it important that Google has said, we're not going to do this on our own. We're going to put our tentacles out, you know, in the community of people really doing the work to, you know, be part of this. Why was, why is that important? To be clear, I asked myself the same question when they, when they called me as well. This <laughs> is to be totally honest. Um, but no, so so I think I think there there's a few things. One, it go it shows the commitment of that it, it takes the village to, to to do this thing correctly, right? Google can do a lot a lot of great things. When you start bringing in the community, you go from community building to ecosystem development, and that's how we create a lot of impact. But also, I think there's a hidden part of this, and that in many cases, the the story around black startup founders gets told all the time right and the lack of funding for them but for organizations like a goody nation black-led nonprofit, so on and so forth in many cases we face an even steeper steeper challenge when it comes to funding and support and so on and so forth so when a google for startup comes in and puts the, the stamp of approval on a goody nation it actually has the same effect when google for startup puts the stamp of approval on a nonprofit like a gooder or, or excuse me as a start a startup a startup like gooder like a mini city, so on and so forth. And so create this interesting dynamic where we're, we really appreciate Google for startups. The founders really appreciate Google for startups. Google for startups creates a, a, an amazing model, quite honestly, for how to build community and create impact in a, in a sustainable way. You know, Jewel, I wonder what Google thinks about like this concept of a, a, a double bottom line, right? Like so often we hear of black owned companies, black started companies that might be creating worthy enterprises um, 
it might be socially viable, but maybe won't be the next Google, right? Um, but we play in the game of capitalism. And we're especially if you're talking about getting venture capital dollars, and you notice VCs don't want their money back. They want 10 times their money back. They want 100 times their money back. So how do we think about creating enterprises that are socially viable, but may not be, you know, the biggest exit for, you know, the founders or the investors? Yeah, I mean, the impact story and what happens when you fund black founders was a core design principle in us putting together the Black Founders Fund. We interviewed all of the recipients and we saw a through line um, that was pretty much consistent across the board, which is every single founder that we talked to, they had a reason for being, a reason for doing what they were doing that was beyond what's on the surface. It was beyond you know, wanting to make the next great tech product. And it had to do with the communities that they came from. It had to do with you know, wanting to make sure that the road was a little bit easier for the person coming behind them. It had to do with wanting to make sure that um, the industry became more diverse. I just got off a call with uh, Chisa, who's building a company called Pedal, and he's created this really unique way of diversifying large companies through scholarships. Um, and so that through line that we saw where we knew if we give dollars to these companies, it's not going to end there. These folks are going to multiply it because they're going to be successful in their business, but they're also going to do something interesting in the communities that they come from. Um, and that's what we've already seen it. You know, we had the, the first round last year with 76 founders and we've already seen, I mean, incredible metrics and, and stats and impact around what's happened since we were able to give them some dollars and some support um, and, and really just seen it multiply. And we expect the same thing from the group that we just awarded. Um, but something again in, in how we designed this thing was we don't have any expectations about getting money back. It's not a, a cash, I mean, it's not an equity um, exchange. And that's different than what you'll see, of course, with investment dollars um, from other folks or you know loan programs that other people have we, we get this money out with the understanding that uh, we're not going to get it back you know in cash but we're going to get it back in the impact and get it back in what these founders actually end up doing for the community and as folks that are in the community and of course google has tentacles everywhere you know that is what we're looking to see and that's what we're tracking um, so that to me has been the the beauty of this program is that um, there is no expectation about getting the money back. The expectation is that these founders go on and build great businesses and do great things in their community. Let's go a level deeper there, Jewel, because I'm, I'm interested in, yes, it's the right thing to do, quote unquote, to invest in diverse founders and diverse leaders, whether that be executives or et cetera. But there's also a real return on investment, you know, by in, by putting your money in black people. Right. And so can you talk a little bit about how, for people who still struggle with, yeah, okay, yeah, we're going to do it because it's the right thing to do. We got to get some black people on our board of directors. We got to get some black people because if we don't, then the pitchforks will come out at us. But talk about a little bit about why it's great for shareholders. It's great for investors. It's great for business returns to have black yeah. people at the seat. Yeah, I mean, this is work that has been in my life for over a decade. When I first started at Google, over 10 years ago, which I'm, I'm aging myself <laughs> um, or dating myself. 
um, this was research that we were doing as kind of our passion projects, our 20% time, was what does Google's book of business look like? And what we found at that time was that it wasn't extremely diverse and Google was missing um, black advertisers, was missing um, black small business owners for various reasons. The message wasn't reaching them. Um, and so that research has, even now, 10 years later, is so relevant and true um, where we see that there is a disconnect between um, Black-owned businesses adopting Google products or Black-owned businesses knowing that you need to put your Google Places um, you know, banner up to let people know that you're in business and what your hours are and all of this. And so with that in mind, there is a business imperative to helping these founders understand what they need to be doing online. And that's the business that we're in at Google, um, but making sure that they have the resources, they have the tools, they have the knowledge, um, and by proxy, they're growing and scaling their businesses and hopefully you know, becoming customers at Google and, and we're supporting them and we're building up that ecosystem. You know, that's the, the kind of the give give on our side is that the more people that are building great businesses online, there is gonna be some funnel back at some point into the Google ecosystem. Um, and so when I put together the, the business case for it, I talk about the fact that these businesses as they grow and scale, um, will be great customers at some point, potentially, will be great partners at some point. Hopefully, you know, my, my back goal in the back of my head is that we have some companies from these batches that we that Google acquires at some point. Um, and so really building up the ecosystem in such a way that we've done everything we can to support these businesses. And now we know the founders, the talent is there. Um, it really just is a matter of, can we find them? And, and I'm on the job, so yes, we can find them. And then what resources can we give them? Um, and so that's what, you know, if we look at what's the business case for it, that's kind of what we put together as the business case. Joey, um, in closing, because at the risk of giving us another half an hour long conversation, I'm going to ask, let's, let's do this <laughs> in like three minutes because it's, it's a big conversation, but, and it probably warrants its own podcast outside this, but I want to start it here. It was a, um, a tweet that you put up a few days ago and talked about how we have this conversation about big tech needing to be broken up politically. This, there's this conversation about that. And you talk about how that could actually impact minority owned businesses. And I wonder if you could give us like, you know, some caution to versus having these knee jerk reactions when we see the balance sheets of these big companies, uh, but actually to think strategically about how these political knee jerk reactions could have a devastating effect on uh, black owned companies because they want to do business with black owned businesses as well. Can you, so can you talk about that? Yeah, no, actually, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, if we're talking about creating, you know, wealth for for black entrepreneurs, we need to be able to sell to large companies. And I think even going to some of a previous question you gave, I think we've seen the impact of someone like like Jewel, quite honestly, impact not only in Atlanta, but across the national, I'm sure, global you know, ecosystem. And, and what what happens if, if perhaps she doesn't sell to, to apartment, quite, I'm saying to 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 another company? Yeah to sell part of the company. And so, you know, we need more jewels. I and mean, if we can create more jewels of the world, quite honestly, just in America, the impact is gonna be ridiculous. You've seen, you've seen people going to become investors. You'll see people going to become the next generation of ecosystem developers. You'll see them launch 
uh, programs at other large companies. You'll see people run for political office, quite honestly, because now they have the cachet to make things happen. So the, so the impact is tremendous. If we take that opportunity away, it's going to hurt black, black people in general, but especially black entrepreneurs. So I'm super appreciative of both of you guys. time. Jewel, if you can give kind of like a closing statement on, you know, the impact of the Google um, Fund Startups for Black Founders Fund and how people can get involved, how we can, you know, potentially, you know, join the programming. So give us kind of a rundown if you could. Yeah, and I want to just hit on your point as far as the knee-jerk reactions. I, of course, you know, I see things on Twitter and I, I see what people have to say and, mostly of course overwhelmingly is is positive but people do have i think they've gotten a little bit wrong around what responsibility companies like google have and what they're actually doing with it and i encourage people to really follow up and track who are the beneficiaries of some of this work and you know we have our our website g.co slash black founders fund where you can read up on all 126 black founders that have received this non-dilutive equity free funding um, and the support and the cloud credits and the ad credits and all of the different things that we've put together for these founders and you can track these founders and see what's happening with their businesses and see that they're not just stopping with us they're going on the last cohort went on to raise over 50 million dollars collectively and we expect this cohort to go on and raise 100 million plus um, and so just track the work and see what's really happening and then support the founders it shouldn't stop with google it shouldn't stop with goody nation it really should be a community effort to make sure that these businesses have what they need and they're they are successful so um, for future, you know, for future cohorts, um, follow, of course, Google for Startups, follow me. Uh, I will always be posting about what we're doing. And of course, want to expand the community, expand the family, um, because we, we think that this is really impactful work. And, and me and Joe, we, we've been at this for a, a minute. <laughs> so yes, we've been have. thoughtful about, yes, <laughs> about putting together something that really is going to make a difference for the people, for this generation of founders. Black Tech Green Money is a production of Blavity Afro Tech. Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia. It's produced by Morgan DeBon and me, Will Lucas, with additional production support by Love Beach and Marissa Lewis. Special thank you to Micah Davis and Sakara Savanyan. You know, like the wine? Yes, that's his real name. Learn more about my guests and other tech disruptors and innovators at afrotech.com. The video version of this episode will drop to Black Tech Green Money on YouTube next week, so tap in. Enjoy your Black Tech Green Money. Leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Go get your money. Peace and love. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. 
then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.